0: Hi, this is Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register of Deeds.
1: And I'm Carly Malcolm, Lead for North Carolina Fellow for Guilford County from the UNC School of Government. And welcome to the Good Grief Podcast.
0: Have you ever lost a loved one and had to figure out what to do? Have you ever felt alone and overwhelmed? Did it make you wonder why on earth this is all so complicated?
1: In this podcast series, we bring together community partners to talk unapologetically about issues of death and dying. We answer questions about funerals, hospice, estates, and more to give our listeners the knowledge they need to make decisions for themselves and their loved ones.
0: We want everyone in Guilford County to know that they're supported, that we live in a community where we cannot only live and live well, but when we die, we can also die well because we care. So we thank you for joining us for the Good Grief Podcast and for taking this step to be better prepared for end-of-life challenges. This is Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register of Deeds, and Carly Malcolm, Lead Frenzy Fellow from the North Carolina Institute of Government. And this is the Good Grief Podcast, where we talk about death and dying unapologetically. Today, we have Pam Strader with us. Pam moved to Greensboro in 1996 with her husband Joe Wood and newborn son. Uh, She joined the staff over at West Market Street United Methodist Church in downtown Greensboro back in 1997 to work as an associate pastor. She's done that for 22 years. Her husband Joe is a teacher with the Guilford County Schools. Pam and Joe have two adult children, Brian and Mary Helen Wood and include within their family Fani Matswati, who came to Greensboro from the Democratic Republic of Congo. In addition to her ministry at West Market Street, Pam has been involved in ministry with Congolese refugees for the last decade, and she's currently on leave from the United Methodist Church. We brought uh, with those experiences, she's also found herself in the world of caregiving. And today we're going to talk to Pam about her experiences as a caregiver how it's impacted her daily life, and what she's learned along the way. So, Pam, welcome. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to be with you.
0: Yeah. When we talked about a month ago, you talked to me about the situation that you found yourself in as a caregiver. And I'm wondering if we could just start out and you could explain, you know, what you're dealing with in the world of caregiving and how it's impacted your life.
2: Sure. In the summer of 2019, my father, who lived an hour away in Lexington, North Carolina, became ill, and I was trying to go over every night to check on him. We had been worried about him for a period of time living by himself, but we realized as I found packages of cookies in the bedroom and other signals that he was not taking care of himself. And in the course of bringing him to our home in Greensboro for him to recover from a brief illness. My husband, Joe, and I looked at him one night and just I said to him, Dad, Joe and I would just love for you to just stay with us. Mm -hmm. Now, we said this to someone who had been very, very resistant um, to leaving his home. He had been a caregiver himself for my mother for 10 years, and she had died in 2010. But he had lived by himself for 9 years and had lived in in Lexington since 1962 so his friends his church his his connection to my mom and their life together was all wrapped up in that house in Lexington so dad did finally acquiesce and and said he thought it was a good idea to come and live with us
0: and you you come out of a of a family history where you saw your your parents taking care of their parents, right?
2: We did. Both of my parents grew up as only children. So our family, my two older brothers and I, witnessed our parents become caregivers uh, for our grandparents. And each of our grandparents received care through some extended illness. And both of my grandmothers ended up moving in uh, with my family over a period of years during junior high and high school. We also saw my brothers pitch in with the care of a grandfather with Parkinson's. And after a late night high school football game, we would all pile into the car on a Saturday morning and drive to Reedsville to Help my grandmother care for my grandfather. So we were pretty hands on as a family. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So with your dad, I think you were telling me that you saw him take care of your mom for a number of years and then he took care of himself mm-hmm. after that for a while. And mm-hmm. then based on the situations that you just mentioned, he then moved in with you all. Can you talk about how that has changed your life?
2: I think one of the big things that happened was realizing that I, I was losing control, really, over uh, a sense of structure in my daily life. Dad sometimes sleeps in till 12 or 1, and then sometimes, like he did this morning, he comes walking in on the walker into the breakfast room at 8 (laughs) a.m. So it's very difficult for me to plan things, and it's difficult for me to keep commitments to people or appointments apart from him. So I have found that I, I really am pretty limited with what I can do outside of caring for him on a daily basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's been this this change in control that you've had over your mm-hmm. life. And, and in terms of your your interactions, he's he's been your priority.
2: Yeah. You, and what goes along with that is you find yourself being isolated. And I, I have found that you know, for someone who was used to being out and about and caring uh for others and, and having lots of appointments and being very busy, I'm finding myself, you know, very isolated some days and that my only interaction is with dad and with my husband. So that's that's been a big change.
0: So the idea of of taking care of yourself is a piece of this change and I think one of the things you mentioned to me was that Sometimes you see that that your friends may not call you anymore because they think you're too busy and and you yeah. find yourself having to reach out to them. And I think that's different, right?
2: It, it really is. One of the things I, I don't think I realized was that folks would, because I'm not out circulating, I don't uh, have that contact with folks. But they also know that I'm a caregiver, so they hesitate to call because they're afraid that they may be calling at a bad time. And and then. Since I can't really go out and of course we're all in that circumstance with COVID, but it's hard to get out and meet folks for coffee or lunch or something like that even before COVID because I just did not know what my schedule was going to be. So it has been, it's been isolating and what I've found that I need to do is pick up the phone and uh, call uh, and check in with some folks who, who I've known over the years and who are my friends and family. But, but it takes me taking some initiative with that. And I know that I need that contact.
1: Mm-hmm. So throughout this process, have you learned anything new about yourself going through these challenges? I think for a while, I, I got a little,
2: I will say, I think I got a little depressed. And one of the, Quotes that has really fed me in my life is Victor Frankel, who was a survivor of the Holocaust, and he said, "The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance." Mm. So, choosing what kind of attitude I'm going to have each day is something that I realize is is my choice, and I can choose to kind of get depressed about things, or I can choose to try to find the joy in each day, and I think. The longer I've been in this situation, now it's a little over a year. I think I've really gotten to a better place where I'm choosing to, to find the joy. And this morning, my father woke up with a funny dream. He said Harry Truman was on one side of him in a car <laughs> going somewhere. And Vince Scully, the sports commentator, was on the other. And we had a good laugh about that. <laughs> so the other, the other thing I learned was that I didn't know a lot of things about my father. Hmm. So one of the real joys has been hearing stories that I've never heard before and asking him about significant periods of history and what were those like for him. And that's been a wonderful thing in that I realize I've gotten to know my father as a person who lived through fascinating periods of the 20th century a lot better and that's, that has been a real gift. I will say, dad, I never knew that about you. <laughs> and, and, and so we're still in a place of discovery and he's 88 years old and I'm still discovering new things about him. So I think sometimes when you live with people, you forget to ask questions, but we, we, we take the time to have some of those conversations. And so I think that has been, I think to, To be able to engage uh, with the person you're caring for and and venture into some
1: new conversations
2: is, is a wonderful way to grow personally and in the relationship.
1: Wow, yeah. So not only learning about yourself, but also about your father and the world more generally. That's pretty incredible. Do you think your role in your faith community, has that prepared you for this new role as a caregiver? I think
2: journeying with families over the years certainly, I think, has given me a a pastoral perspective and a practical perspective as I've journeyed with families, as as they've had to uh, make choices and decisions about the care of loved ones, whether it be making a decision to, to make a move from a beloved home to a nursing facility or senior community Or, or in our situation into a family member's home, I appreciate what an excruciating decision that can be. And I think I also learned how difficult it is for people who need that care to admit to it and to be willing to make a change. And I think that informed my husband Joe and me in trying to always make sure Dad knew that he had a place to come when he was ready. and But I think it also helped us in the way we framed the invitation, which was, we want you to leave where you are. Instead, we said, we want you to come be with us. So it was an invitation into our home and not so much a, a request that he leave his home. So I, I think that that's helped and, and, and understanding that these things can take time. And we were we tried to be patient with him <laughs> over the last couple years that he was in his home till we really felt like it was it was had come to a point where his safety was putting him at risk being by himself. But but to try to be respectful and loving with the invitation to come and, and be with us.
1: Right.
0: So with that, you've got your personal experience in dealing with your father as a caregiver as well as your pastoral and spiritual care role that you have played within your faith community and dealing with a number of people who've had to deal with these kinds of issues. With that said, what kind of advice would you give others in terms of those who may be listening to this that may be venturing in the world of caregiving, uh, especially when it deals with older parents?
2: I think The book of Ecclesiastes in the third chapter has a wonderful verse that says for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And I think an image that's helpful for our family is to recognize that this is a season in our lives. This is a season in my father's life where he's was a caregiver for my mother, but now he's the one receiving care and that those seasons in our lives are not permanent, but they are seasons in which we can grow seasons in which if we engage them again with, with an open attitude of seeking to learn and to grow and to love that it can be a very fruitful season. And so my advice would be to, to engage. In this season of caregiving, to live into it fully, to seek and capture the joy in each day, learn those new stories of your loved one and, and seek wisdom that often our, our older parents and family members have to, to offer to us if we take the time to be present and to engage them. But I, I'm very uh, thankful for for the pause, I think that it has given us where we are taking the time to be present with each other and not so rushed with the busyness of life. I think caregiving forces you to slow down. And it can be a time where you can really be intentional about taking care of yourself in ways that maybe when you were working, you did not. It may be taking the dog for a walk uh, twice a day instead of once a day. And pausing to hear that story from your loved one's childhood or young adult life or working life or their parenting experience that, that can offer enrichment to your own life. But I would say to engage in the season and to seek to grow in your relationship with the person with whom you're, you're providing care. It can be a, a time that, that while it can be challenging and Not everyone is is fortunate enough to have a a parent who settles in and says this is home. There are some some persons for whom this is very, very difficult, and they continue to be combative and resistant in many ways. If we continue to try to love and respect the people we're caring for, I, I think there can be many fruits in this season.
0: Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I really appreciated when when we were talking earlier just about the process of of going through this and, and navigating through it. Not at all kind of being clear how things are going to land, but bringing mm-hmm. your full self into it. And as you're kind of alluding to an appreciation for the season in the sense of the challenges it brings. But I remember, you know, you saying there's a joy with it. And I kind of I kind of sense that in terms of how you are. Having this time with your with your dad. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us a unique perspective of someone who is laboring in the field right now, who's, who's really in the middle of this situation. And it continues to unfold every single day and in your life with your family. And I appreciate we Carly appreciate you being willing to come on and just share the story and the situations Mm -hmm. that you're dealing with and your approach to it, as well as the experience that you've uh, gained from it. With that said, on, on behalf of Carly, we would definitely like to appreciate you for being with us today.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right. So Pam Strader has been an uh, associate pastor within the United Methodist Church for 22 years, background in spiritual and pastoral care, and she's talked with us today about caregiving. So again, thank you very much, Pam, for being with us. And this is the Good Grief Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Grief Podcast. We want your feedback. You can visit our website at www.guilforddeeds.com.
0: You can also email us at endoflife at guilfordcountync.gov or find us on Twitter with the handle at Guilford underscore ROD. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and until next time, take care.